0: Thanks to Audible for supporting Market Foolery for a limited time. Get three months of Audible for $6.95 a month. Choose one audiobook and two Audible Originals for free. Visit Audible.com slash Fool or text the word Fool to five hundred five hundred. It's Wednesday, November 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill with me in studio. Bill Man in the house. Thanks for being here. How are you, Chris? I'm caffeinated as Pssh, are you. So I'm working on it. Yeah. Let's let's make this happen. Yeah, let's a sip of delicious producer, coffee right now because producer Dan is hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to look to the horizon for a huge IPO and our continuing search for the Midwest. Uh, but right here in front of us, we've got some retail earnings, and we're going to start with Target. Target's third quarter was
1: pretty much everything you want it to be if you're a Target That's shareholder. Right. Target. in fact, I I love the fact that the CEO Brian Cornell got to use the word bifurcation in you know in in his call, just basically saying what we're seeing in the retail market is winners and losers, and they are spreading farther and farther apart. The winners are winning faster, and Target is one of them, and the losers are going away. Profits and revenue in the third
0: quarter were higher than expected. Same store sales higher than expected. They raised full year guidance. Uh, the stock good, is good
1: and good. Those those sound good.
0: Yeah, stock's up 11 percent this morning, hitting yeah. a new high. Yeah. this is about as hot as you can get going into the holiday quarter.
1: I think so, and you know, and 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 another important thing is that is that. They seem to have some really good visibility, and one of the things that they did, Target had a few operational issues a couple of years ago, and they've really gone to uh, delivery and uh, and what they call same day pickup, which is you order online and you show up, and their costs for that are like ninety percent lower than you know that than either store or delivery, and they are really really seeing some tailwinds behind uh, having pushed that a couple of years ago, so they're getting a payoff for you know for 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 looking ahead.
0: You mentioned Brian Cornell the CEO. Think back a few years ago when the big news out of Target was they were selling their pharmacy business. Yeah. And it was a perfectly legitimate question at the time to ask of Brian Cornell, is this a good move because that's a Profitable business that you have within (laughs) your stores, and you're selling it off, and and people kind of have
1: to come in for drugs, right? And And,
0: and it was the sort of thing that, um, even though he had had some success early on at Target, I think it was a perfectly fair question, and uh, you know, coming out of that. You could just sort of look at it and say, okay, well, they're going to get a lot of money. What they do with that money will determine whether or not this was a smart move. And you look at the investments that Cornell and his team have made, and uh, yeah,
1: it's a home run. It's an absolute home run. Yeah, it's a home run. And and I thought that I thought that when he was being asked those questions, he was very thoughtful about it. Back, you know, at, at that time, he said, "Look, we we see why you would. You know, we see why one would." think that this is a high risk move. We've done the research and we think that, you know, we we think that there are places where the money that we will get in return are going to be force multipliers for target and you know, scoreboard. I mean they they really really are crushing it at the moment.
0: I understand anyone's reluctance to buy shares of a company when it's at an all-time high, but this also seems to be like this is not some Insert name of software as a service company with it, you know, or or you know, beyond meat or with some crazy valuation. Like this is this is a business and a management team at the top of their game, and I don't own shares of Target, but the way they're performing, the fact that the stock's at an all time high is is not. Is not why I'm not buying shares. There are other reasons why I'm not buying shares because yeah. I, I look at my own portfolio and I feel like I've got retail pretty well covered. Yeah. But holy cow, this is a business on fire.
1: I I think that if you are if you do believe that retail is not dead, and I happen to you know I happen to think that uh, the you know the the death of retail was was greatly overstated. You have to own a company like Target. You don't necessarily have to own Target, but you know Target Target is and will be a winner. Lowe's third
0: quarter. Was a little confusing to me. I'll be honest. The market because, wasn't confused, apparently. Yeah, apparently not. Shares yeah. of Lowe's up about five percent this morning. Um, this this was not a, <laughs> this is not like what we saw out of Target. Um, Same store sales came in low. Uh, overall sales came in a little low. Uh, they did, however, raise guidance. Their profits were better than expected, yeah. and and I'm assuming it was just sort of the market saying, you know what, the good outweighs the bad in our minds.
1: Well, I mean, this is the interesting thing about Lowe's is that is that Home Depot just reported and Home Depot's results, I mean if you just take them at face value, were much better than Lowe's, but this is why investing is all about expectations in the short term, because Lowe's expectations were not great. And Home Depot has been you know has been firing on all cylinders for you know for for years now. This was a rare a rare miss for them. So, yeah, Lowe's came out and said that they are they're they're, they're moving out of out of Canada. They're closing uh, I think it was 34 stores in Canada. They're doing some cost cutting. Um but yeah, it is it is sometime it, sometimes it is amazing to me what the market Like picks up on and decides is great or not great because uh, absent any other you know absent anything else, Home Depot's report was much better than Lowe's.
0: You mentioned Canada, and uh, you know, on the one hand, you have management saying no, we're committed to Canada, but also we're closing and and. I think the number of locations they had in Canada in 2018 was around 60. Yeah. So I don't know if they're closing all of you know they're they're closing 34. That at a minimum that's half of what they've got up in Canada. So yeah. so maybe it's just a look let's hit the pause button and figure out how to make this work. Um, that, for all we know, may contribute to a little bit of the bump today. That if you know, yeah. it's you know all the credit in the world to retailers who make the tough decision to say, you know what, some of these locations that aren't performing as well, we're going to shut them down.
1: They have uh, a couple of concepts in Canada that 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 they don't have in the U.S. One is called Rona, the other is called Reno Depot, and those are primarily what they're cutting in Canada. So they're moving away from mostly. From other concepts that they have, and not from Lowe's, they're closing six Lowe's stores, and you have to imagine that that's a you know that that's a consolidation. The reality in Canada is that it is made up of somewhat large cities, and then you know so it may just be that they felt like they had uh, too much capacity across these concepts uh, within the the Canadian cities.
0: You go back a year and a half ago with Lowe's, the board you know sort of pushing out the CEO, bringing in Marvin Ellis. Who made his bones at Home Depot? Yeah. Um, in the year and a half he's been in the corner office, the stock's up about 35%. So um, clearly getting some things done. Although, as you said, this is a business that for 5 to 10 years has had lower expectations in part because it just hasn't performed as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, and 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 you are you're spot on in that it is admirable when a company looks at something that's not working and says, "Hey, let's stop spending money on that. Let's stop trying to make that work." I mean, that, you know, it it doesn't seem like good news ever when a company says, "Hey, we're closing down things," but that's that's really not the case. So, the fact that they've ripped the Band-Aid out, I, off, I think, is probably what the market is really focusing on, and it's why the stock was up about 6% as we, uh, as we recorded. Our email address
0: is marketfooleryatfool.com. Question from Basim Almastri, whose name I'm almost certainly I think that was pretty good! So Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, he writes, I would like your opinion On the Saudi Aramco IPO, this is projected to be the largest IPO in history. However, the New York Stock Exchange, as well as the London Stock Exchange, are slowing it down and not giving approvals. What is the issue, and do you think this is something The Motley Fool would invest in, uh, given that Aramco is wholly owned by the government and information usually coming from companies on calls? would not really happen due to national security concerns. Would love to hear your opinion on this.
1: So, when I was working with Motley Fool Asset Management, we actually held some shares in some Saudi companies, a dairy company and a bank. Um, Aramco is getting ready to come public, and they're, they're trying to raise about You know they're selling 1.5 percent of the company, uh, which, if it goes out at the 1.6 to 1.7 trillion dollar valuation that the company and the Saudi government want, means it will be the largest IPO in history, larger than the Alibaba uh, IPO of a few years ago. Uh, There is a there is a tried and true. Um, belief in investing that you should be buying what the king is selling because when a government privatizes, they're not looking to maximize the amount of money they make because they don't want their citizens, who tend to be the ones who buy, to lose money. Right? They want the citizens to be happy with the privatization. They want them to be happy with uh, the amount of money they're making. So it is very noteworthy that this is only being um, is only going public. On the Saudi market, the reason it's not going public in the U.S. or in Japan or in uh, in the UK doesn't have as much to do with the exchanges because the exchanges would sell their grandmothers if they could get away with it. It's the fact that the big investment banks are not biting at this valuation, so they are not getting enough interest, and so they're saying, "Okay, we're just going to do it in Saudi Arabia." I don't see any, you know, I don't see any real uh, chance that the Motley Fool's Services would own or recommend Aramco at these valuations. Uh, It could come down. I don't think that's good news for Saudi Arabia, but it's not something that I'm particularly invested in or interested in, other than as a spectator.
0: Just so I didn't mishear you, did you say this is going to go public at a valuation of 1.6 trillion dollars? I
1: did kind of blow past that, yes, (laughs)
0: making it. Overwhelmingly, the large—not just the largest IPO in history, but the largest public company—to the tune of 55% higher than whatever Microsoft or Apple is that's trading right. at. Yeah, right that's now.
1: right. It instantly comes out as you know, as a charter member of the Four Comma Club. Um, yeah, it's going to be it is it is by not very close the largest oil company in the world and the one that defines pricing because uh getting oil out of the ground in Saudi Arabia is so much cheaper than it is almost anywhere else. Their you know their 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 cost of production is about 2 bucks a barrel and you know you you look at some of their you know some of their comparables it's it's 20, 30, $40 a barrel. So Saudi Arabia has a natural advantage, and Aramco is, you know, is is the government-owned entity. But as with every other government-owned entity, and this one will still be 98.5% owned by the government, you have to understand that profits are not generally their highest order interest.
0: Quick shout out to Audible. We got Thanksgiving next week, and then uh... Time to do a lot of holiday shopping. And when you're doing that, think about giving yourself the gift of listening with an Audible membership for a limited time. You can get three months of Audible for $6.95 a month at slash Fool. You can also text the word Fool to 500 500 and access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including mysteries, memoirs, bestsellers, and more. And with the Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. You can listen at the gym, while you're in the car. While you're shopping, anytime you can't read, you can listen with Audible. Uh, I mentioned the other day, um, picked up Range. Uh, we just had uh, reaired the interview I did with uh, David Epstein. Oh, um, uh, on Mountly Full Money last week. So Range: Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. So it's such a good book, and yeah, and such a smart dude. Yeah. Uh, for a limited time, get three months of Audible for six ninety five a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Each month choose one audiobook plus two Audible originals for free. Visit audible.com/fool that's f o o l or text the word fool to 500500. Give yourself the gift of listening because you know what? You deserve something too. Yeah. You deserve something nice. For times that you can't read, Absolutely. Uh, Another email, this time from David Emerson in response to yesterday's, uh, the end of yesterday's episode with Bill Barker. David writes, Per my time in Indiana for school, The Midwest has a loose definition. People in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois consider themselves to be the Midwest. People from Nebraska and Kansas will vehemently deny that Indiana or Ohio can be the Midwest, (laughs) since it is neither in the middle, nor the West, nor the middle of the West. The Midwest. That's crazy talk. Is a sought after title. Um, Who knew? It is. Thank you for
1: that, David. Yes. Who knew that that was a club worth joining? I. I, Ohio say, and Indiana are charter members of the Midwest. I don't quite see how folks from Kansas and Nebraska. I mean, maybe it's a new definition.
0: I don't, so I, I've learned in the last twenty-four hours that uh, what you think the Midwest is matters uh, is is very much informed by where you grew up. Um, yeah, I just I I, I think I, Pittsburgh's in the Midwest. I I, I don't I don't. <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Do you think people in Pittsburgh
1: consider themselves as being in the Midwest? We should ask them. I think, well, they they consider themselves to be from PA first and foremost, but Pittsburgh has much more in common with Cleveland than it does with Philly. Uh, Yes, I suppose the Ohio River, the. Defining physical characteristic, okay, well, maybe the Great Lakes, but the second place defining characteristic, geographic characteristic of the Midwest goes through and actually starts in Pittsburgh.
0: I feel like we're just going to get more email, not just from people, not just from people in Pittsburgh, but from people in Nebraska and Kansas. But you know what? We love it. That's so, right. Keep the emails That's coming. Right. Fool.com. Bill Mann. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the Motley Fool. May have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Marketfoolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Chicken McNuggets with that See, barbecue like, sauce.
1: Oh, man, with no. What? With what? Barbecue sauce. It's the McDonald's hot,
0: barbecue sauce.
1: The hot mustard sauce is the one that I That's could, a good one, too. Oh. It's a good yeah. one, too. Because I'm just like, you know, I'm doing like bear claw with french fries into the hot mustard yeah. sauce.
0: I, um, yeah,
1: Welcome I to Market Foolery, the, <laughs> podcast, the podcast that hasn't eaten lunch yet. <laughs>